you why um, Paul said that we are to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you think about being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's why it takes our body, our mouth, our mind to be engaged by staying filled by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Maybe even uh, speaking out scriptures, because what that does is keeps our natural person engaged to allow the spiritual part of us to just rise up and be in us. We're, we're told to pray without ceasing and continually to seek God. But it is uh, us walking in the presence of God that's going to really help us. You know, um, the Glindos and Bruce Gessick and Dory and I were able to go to our MFI conference. We, we usually have it every beginning of um, October, so we went again this year. <clears throat> but um, we, we left in Monday afternoon, but... When I, I felt like the Lord's been waking me up really early in the morning. It was about four in the morning on Monday morning before we went. And I felt like he said, uh, Habakkuk, I had to look this up during the conference a couple days later because I kept just thinking about what he said. And in Habakkuk um, 3, it's kind of a, a scripture I've been, probably read many times as I've read through the Bible over the years, but it was something the Holy Spirit spoke and you know what it's like to have the Holy Spirit speak. You're just going along like me, just waking up, but it's like down in here, it's just very subtly, it's almost like you have to sometimes wonder, am I hearing God? Because you think you're hearing it in your ears, but it's like your spirit. God speaks through your spirit. That's the whole thing about being saved and being born again. It's like your spirit is awakened. And all your Bible reading and tuning in with God and reading, reading His Word, being in church... Uh, praising and worshiping, you keep connecting and tuning your heart, your spirit. You keep growing your spirit to be spiritually sensitive to when God speaks. And, you know, it's awesome to hear him speak. And the more we tune ourselves to him, the more we continually be in his presence, you know, have that conscious awareness that I'm not alone. The Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is living inside of me. The Holy Spirit is the power of God that's working and moving through my life. You have this God consciousness but the, the, this, this was a prayer in Habakkuk, but it says, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. And it's funny because I read that scripture and I knew, I, I kind of I knew it was somewhere in the Bible. And I found that it was Habakkuk. And this morning, right before uh, church, I just just started kind of looking at Habakkuk. And you know, the conditions were not very good. Again, Israel was not doing very good. It was between the captivity of the fall of Nineveh and the fall of Jerusalem. And if you read Habakkuk 2.1, um, or actually 2, yeah, 2.1 two, one one through 3, Habakkuk was really under it because of the situation and the way the condition of that community was, Israel and uh, the evil, everything was going on. And so he's talking to the Lord, he kind of asks him a question, he goes, I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. And then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. 
but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so it's just like we all go through life in, in our life with God, we get prophetic promises. There are prophetic things that God speaks to us either through a prophet, through a, a, like a presbytery, or uh, through reading the word, or a word another brother or sister gives you, and a word just kind of registers in your heart that this is from God, and there's confirmation because my heart is feeling like this is for me. And Habakkuk was in this kind of time where he was... Uh, getting this word from God, but he was frustrated with what he saw going on in his life. Just like we could be frustrated right now with the climate, the spiritual climate in our land and, you know, seeing the need for people to experience God because we see all the evil around us and we see the lack of love and just relationships kind of, just kind of broken up. And yet there's this hope that God gives us. And um, it's interesting because uh, when I got to the conference, the name of our conference, the theme of our conference was Embrace. And then I found out this morning, Habakkuk, his name meant Embrace. And it was like one um, of the kind of interpretation is like God was not only embracing Habakkuk for the task he had for him, but he was also wanting to embrace his people. But specifically why I felt like God spoke that word to me for us just a week, well, almost a week ago, was that we've been praying about certain things. And I think, I feel like our intercessors are going to understand this a lot more because they're involved so much of praying over the prophetic things that God has spoken over our church in the years. But that phrase where he says, I, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make it known, is that as we're praying now, God is going to move ahead the timeline and the answer to some of those prophetic words. And so if you have a prophetic word hanging over your life, let's, in fact, just let's take a minute and pray right now. Will you stand with me? Let's just pray. You've been praying for something. You've been believing for something. And maybe sometimes you know it's far off. Let's pray right now. God, I am backing this up because you gave us this word that you're, you're wanting to make something happen that you've promised. And, it ha and yet it's not the right timing Somehow, it's the right timing. And I think of, remember uh, Jesus? Remember at his first, he's with all his disciples, he's at the wedding of Canaan. And what does his mother do? She puts a demand, she puts a demand on Jesus. And she, he says, hey, mom, hey, woman, it's not my time yet. But because she put a demand, he stepped into anointing. It's the same kind of thing. Lord, we come to you today, right now, with the prophetic words you've spoken over our lives, the promises that you've given us, the things that we're praying about. We're taking this uh, prophetic word to us about moving things even more into the now. We're asking right now every prophecy that you've said, every prophetic word you've given over this church, over people here, every hope that they have, everything that's been deferred and they've been waiting for. We're asking by our prayer, Lord, because you've initiated this, that you begin to bring it and bring it to pass. Bring things to pass. Let people see things right away, Lord, that are coming to pass. Let a faith arise from your people, God, that you're a God who speaks a word like you said. And even though it tarries, wait for it, but it's going to come to pass. And we thank you that you're working now to bring things into the future and into the now. Amen. From the future into the now. It's funny because last week, you know, I started joy and I'd like to talk about joy more, but I feel like I have to change it. But remember, 
we prayed that we are supposed to have joy. And I hope you continually hold on to that word and you keep asking God, fill me with your joy. Remember, joy is the one thing that uh, you can be in sorrows and difficulties and still have joy because a joy that comes from the Holy Spirit and that resonates in your spirit. It's a joy that lives you above, lifts you above your circumstances and those things that are taking you down. It's not like a happening that can be changed by circumstances or a good thing that you enjoy for the moment, but then it gets old or breaks or, or something else happens. But the joy of the Lord is something that elevates your, your personality, your attitude, and the countenance on your face because it's from a deeper motivation. It's from a higher motivation. It's from the relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. I feel like going to the conference was something that kind of exampled what we've been all working at in our relationship. We're always trying to grow in our relationship with God. We're always trying to grow deeper in our trust with Him and what and, and just knowing him and hearing from him and getting just deeper in him. So it's this onward, uh, ongoing thing that we're all doing. But I feel like we're supposed to even more come to God and say, you know what, God, maybe I've been a little bit laxed in my ability to connect with you, or sometimes I feel detached or different situations affect me. But Lord, I want to grow in you. I want to know you more. We know that we all start a relationship with God because It is God who loved us, and because he loved us, he enables us to love him. But I feel like right now what he wants to do even more is to cause us to be able to fall in love with him even more and deeply. And what happens when you love someone, you spend a little bit more time with them. And I'm not saying you're going to have to spend like 24 hours a day in prayer. No, it's like start walking that consciousness that you live and walk in the presence of God. You are walking with Jesus every moment of the day. And irregardless of the problems you're dealing with, the things you have to do at work or in families, God is with you. He is constantly aware of what you're going through. He's constantly speaking to you and he loves you. And so just be in that mode of just like, you know, talk to yourself, but talk to God. You know how sometimes we talk to ourselves or... You know, sometimes we're embarrassed to talk, but nowadays people are on their Bluetooth. If you're talking, they don't know you're talking to God. They think you're on the phone. But engage God in a deeper way, in a more way. I feel like God wants to do even more things, but it's going to come out of being aware of the presence of God, of being caught up in the presence of God. We are constantly to walk in the presence of God. And if you do something that you feel bad or feel guilty about, quickly confess it. If we confess our sin, he's going to forgive us. He's going to keep you in that place of righteousness with him because he wants fellowship with you. So my story is, it's a familiar story, but may it connect you. It's from Luke 10, 38, sitting at Jesus' feet. Now it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. That's an important thing. That awareness of walking with Jesus and sitting at his feet is being able to hear with your spiritual ear what he wants to say to you. Very important for receiving more of the confidence in in your faith in God and the power of the Holy Spirit that's igniting in you that faith and that confidence to not worry about anything but trust that God is working in your life. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Obviously, this woman was called. She had a gift of serving, and it's one of the great gifts in uh, the helps that is in Corinthians about 
part of being a body of Christ. The, the, the ministry of helps is incredible because it gets so many practical things done in a local church. But also that word distraction, we can be distracted from who we have relationship with, who has all an ultimate power in our life, and who has a great spiritual purpose for us, and who wants to take care of every one of our needs. But our faith is always going to be in uh, it's always going to be in opposition by our circumstances and what we see. It's always going to take our faith to believe that God is going to answer our prayers and he's going to do the impossible for us. God is going to do the supernatural for us because we are supernatural people through Jesus Christ. Don't let it get, get a big head about that, but be humble, but be, realize it's God that's moving through you because of your, your relationship with Jesus Christ. So Martha was distracted by much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. <clears throat> I, I think this all reminds me of uh, you know, that, that dialogue in John uh, 21 where Jesus is t- talking, talking to his disciples before he kind of leaves them again. You know, he, how he comes, appear, appears, and then he disappears. And you know, that whole dialogue about Peter, he's, he's really restored and he's told to go love and take care of the sheep. But he's... He's also told he's going to go to the cross, and he's wondering about how, how come John's going to get away with something. You know? And it's, this whole thing tells us, here Martha's worrying about what, Mary, and Jesus is telling us to follow him. Jesus is redirecting in all of our focuses and all our comparisons with each other and reminds us, keep following him. You have a relationship that was started with him. He is there behind that relationship. He's there to continue building that relationship with us. And verse 41 says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Again, you cannot um, be worried and troubled about something and be focused on Jesus. So that's why Jesus gives us this personal walk with him, to constantly walk with him so that we can shift our thoughts and feelings from worries and concerns that we have into who we're walking with and who we have relationship with. But one thing is needed. Martha, you're too troubled. But one thing is more important, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken from her. What was she doing? Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, and she was hearing what he was saying. Sitting is that posture of like not being distracted with anything. Sometimes I'm doing different things and Dory's trying to talk with me. And she's not happy about that. She wants me to be interacting with her. She wants all the attention, all the focus. And there are those times with Jesus we have to give him our full attention that we might perceive the things he's saying to us and learn the things he's trying to teach us. All the way through the Gospels, we see and hear dialogue between the disciples and Jesus because he's always trying to instruct and cause them to learn. She was distracted but much serving. And she was upset that Mary had chosen Jesus. <clears throat> That's kind of we would kind of laugh about that because we know that was the good thing that that she did by choosing Jesus. Um, and we're not supposed to get mad at each other for anything. We're supposed to trust that each one of us are servants of the living God, and we are examined by God. And if, if we're on a line, you know, He is the one that wants to help adjust us but we don't have to try to judge each other. 
really Jesus is telling Martha, you're not walking with me. You're not sitting with me. And again, he tries to bring her back from that place of those distractions and those places that uh, were even good. Sometimes there's things that are good, but they're taking us away from who we're supposed to be resting in. Jesus tells people, like he told Martha, one thing is needed. Put me first. Talk to me. Keep maintaining your relationship with me. Keep drawing close to me. Everyone who accepts Jesus is called to come and sit. We're all called to come and sit before Jesus, to surrender our problems and our struggles, and even the struggles with ourselves about being a Christian. Sometimes we're going along, we're doing good, and then we feel like things are coming up, and we don't like who we are. Jesus is there with us. It is the Holy Spirit that keeps working in us to change those things we can't change. Mary chose that good part that would not be taken from her. In Psalm 1611, a psalm of David, the psalm goes, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So even as we're sitting with Jesus, even as we're getting and continually being more conscious of God's presence in our life, that's where our joy is going to spring up from. Why? Because we are with the author of our joy. And when we're with him, everything has its right perspective. Everything that's trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of him, everything that's trying to trouble us and, and just me- mess us up emotionally is really going to get leveled because we keep being in that conscious presence of Jesus. When we're with Jesus, we're in the realm of the supernatural. I feel like God wants us to totally just take off the feelings we have of the continual routine that we're in because it almost like dulls us to a sensitivity of we are in the presence of a supernatural God. A supernatural God has, has resided in me or resides in me and he is always doing miraculous things. We heard it today, Ashley's story, you know, um, Irene, Irene gave a story, a testimony of what God's doing in her life. <clears throat> All of us have things that we could get up and testify of what God's doing. Those are because a, a God who's doing things that are miraculous, a supernatural God is doing things in our lives that otherwise we'd just, we would just have this ordinary life. Again, I think of Jesus. When we're looking at Jesus, things feel better, they seem better, our emotions are in a better state of mind, state, state of peace. Again, I think of uh, Peter walking on the water, remember? I mean, he took that big step of faith, it was because he was looking to Jesus and because he was walking towards Jesus that he could walk on the water. But I love, uh, Jack Willis a couple years ago told us that story. Remember, there was a storm, and he said, remember, if Peter is walking on the water, the swells are, are big and high. So there was times where Peter was walking, he might have been at the bottom of a swell, and maybe that's why he wasn't seeing Jesus. And he took his eyes off because all he saw was the high waves around him and the storm raging. And so when his eyes got off of Jesus, he began to sink. But like that in our lives, when we begin to sometimes ebb and flow in our 
attitudes or feelings or uh, we get nervous or stressed, we have to keep looking that Jesus is with us. He's walking with us on that water. It won't look or feel ideal. We may begin to sink, but because we're with Jesus, our call will cause him to respond to our need. Sitting with Jesus is a posture of rest. How many times we're frustrated with things in our life and we're not feeling at peace and at rest? One of the things about the Holy Spirit being with us is being able to walk and keep that level of peace in our life that I have this calmness. Even though I, I can change my mind right now and think of the things that are troubling me, but really I'm dwelling in a peaceful place of rest. Sitting is also a place of letting down. Ever been going busy all day and then when you sit down it feels so good? Oh my. Sitting with Jesus, it's a, it's a spiritual thing to let down with Jesus. Learning, and I feel like the more we grow in our relationship with him, the more comfortable we get and the easier it becomes in just letting down with him, realizing whew, I'm in a place of safety. He's here right now. He's going to take my burden. He's going to lift things off. He's going to speak in a way to me that when I get up to move, I'm going to see things differently. It's a place of trust. You know, trust is something that takes uh, a while to learn. And in those places where we're learning to trust God, the more we see him move, the more we see things change, the more peace we encounter, and uh, the more we grow in our relationship with him, we begin to experience that trust that we can trust him for the next thing. Trust kind of builds our faith on past experiences so that the, when the next thing comes, we don't easily get as overwhelmed. Why? Because we shift our attention knowing that God is going to come through again for us. When you're with someone you trust, there's something that is restores you emotionally. There's something about good, healthy relationships where you actually feel that positive uh, things that endorphins that get released inside of you because there's something that we're made for relationships. I feel like that's something that's really at, uh, under attack in the body of Christ to get people uncomfortable and have them run away. The enemy's always looking for someone he can pick off this on the verge of maybe just saying, I can't handle being in church anymore. God is going to trigger things in our relationships because he wants us to build this trust with each other. The disciples went through all the highs and lows. We read about them in the, in the, in the Gospels, the, the contentions they had. But we see towards the end when Jesus is praying the, that prayer about they would become one. We saw it play out in Acts when the Jerusalem Council got together and the apostles got together and they, they started laying out what Jesus had told them uh, to do and, and how the structure of the building the local church was supposed to happen. And so out of this unity of the things they had gone through and their personality clashes, they became a, a mighty force from the Holy Spirit to use their gifts and go out to preach the gospel to build that, that church that began in Acts. In Luke 8.26, another story. Then Jesus and his disciples sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He had no ability to sit and rest. There was no one he could trust. He was tormented constantly day and night by thoughts. The spirit that affected his mind was 
demonic and it wasn't of the Spirit of God. And it says he wore no clothes. He was stripped of a godly covering. He didn't have a spiritual covering over him, a covering from God. Nor did he live in a house, but in tombs. You know, kind of stripped, even kind of gives us a picture of Eden when Adam and Eve had sinned and they were hiding with those fig, fig leaves. They are aware of their utter nakedness because under a spiritual covering, there is an in, incredible place of comfort and rest. There's a clothing that comes on us from being with God and in relationship with him that is incredibly powerful. But this man was totally without anything. Can you imagine just living among the tombs? When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice, he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. It's interesting that the demonic forces have the ability to influence negative speech and hostilities. But when they used this man's voice, they were afraid of Jesus because Jesus had the power. And it is that Holy Spirit power that is in us that can repel the demonic, that re can repel attitudes and atmospheres that are around us, especially as we walk in a world that is dark and ungodly, a world that is full of demonic activity because of the things people have lent themselves to. So he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it, the demons, had often seized him, and he was kept under guard bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Satan's demons drive people from the Christian body. Satan is always moving to try to separate someone from his body. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons have entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Many people are troubled by demons today. They're, they're confused and they're tormented. It's the work of the enemy to just, just destroy, really, God's highest creation, which was man, and keep them from coming into a relationship with a loving Savior. Now, a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so Jesus begged him that he would permit them to enter into them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down into the deep place, into a steep place, into the lake, and were drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons were departed, sitting at his feet, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. It's interesting that they were afraid of such power that this man who they'd seen tormented, I, how long had they seen him doing the things he was doing? And how many times that they had laughed, him or laughed at him or mocked at him? But now they see an incredible transformation over this man at peace and at rest, and where is he at? In the places that we are troubled and overwhelmed, it is at the feet of Jesus. We are going to find our release. We're going to find our freedom. And we're going to find that our mind becomes renewed by the Holy Spirit. 
and we think differently and we have a different outlook about life. Really, sitting at the feet of Jesus restores us to true sanity. We have a lady that's in our class. She, she's not here. She's back do, uh, for her job out of state right now. But she talked about being uh, just bipolar and suffering from all kinds of mental illness. And um, just she felt like even caused her one of her, her divorces and uh, caused her to divorce her first husband. And, and then she, she said a couple years ago, she had an experience where God delivered her. And she was like in her right mind. And she had never been like that before clothed and in a right mind. What a thing to have our mind just lifted off of all torment and agitation and have the peace of God fill it. In Romans 12, 2, it says, we are to experience transformation as we renew our mind, as we renew our mind to what the word of God says, and we start casting down the thoughts that the enemy uses to cause us to worry and fret. It is a fearful or awe-inspiring thing to see a person who it seems impossible to be transformed to see them healed and restored. Demonic is a source of uh, different sicknesses and even the spirit of infirmity. Because we don't often, because we don't see them and most of us don't see demons, we kind of uh, don't realize that his activity, that he's always trying to stir things up. He's always trying to agitate us. He's always trying to stir up fights. He's always trying to stir up quarrels and uh, just uneasiness and agitation. It's his work. But we have the Holy Spirit, we have the power of God to help us overcome.